This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. It is good to be home. And I am bound and determined to keep it that way for the next couple of months. I mean, it's going to take something like Trump calling me personally and saying, all right, Dace, Dece, <laughs> bring me the friggin' jab data and let's get this over with. I'm sending the plane. It's going to take something like that. All right. Short of that, I've had enough. I've done four trips in the last 33 days uh, between all of that and then all the travel for the movie at the beginning of the, the first half of the year. I'm good. I'm good. I've seen enough of the Des Moines International Airport and other airports. They've all been great trips. They've all been enjoyable. Even the one that damn near killed me in New York ended up being very meaningful. I have no complaints, but I am, I'm ready to get back to routine. Amen? Maybe, maybe Alex Prusowitz can arrange something. To, you know, haven't yeah. heard from him yet. Yes, indeed. That's Todd Erzin. That's Aaron McIntyre. We're going to be joined in a few minutes by our good friend, Josh Hammer, who is now the editor-at-large at Newsweek. We were shocked he held on to that job as long as he could with the editorial page. Apparently, he has convinced them over there to give him a promotion. Uh, so, I mean, Josh must really be one hell of a lawyer. And given <laughs> given what we have to talk about today and these days, we need one hell of a lawyer here. And preferably one that didn't get massages at Epstein Island. Can conservative media, is it possible? <laughs> is it possible to find... One legal expert in America. Throw me a freaking bone here. Indeed, they didn't get uh, massages at Epstein Island. Is that too much to ask in the year of our Lord, 2023? I just want to... Clearly, there have to be opportunistic, ambitious attorneys that want tons of airtime and coverage on every major conservative media outlet to tell them that Trump will be innocent and and tiptoe between the raindrops and it's all a witch hunt that did not get a massage at Epstein Island. I, it I, has to be possible. I wore this shirt on purpose today because I, I knew this would be the vibe of the show. I was fully confident. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We'll get to Josh. He'll join us for the day's group here in a moment. Look, we know, like we were just discussing, our values are under attack at every turn. And that includes in many of America's biggest workplaces where conservatives are made to attend woke DEI trainings or support liberal causes that we don't really believe in. Uh, and if you think it's bad now, just wait until next year, the election year. But Red Balloon Work is fighting back their America's largest woke-free job board. And every week, tens of thousands of job seekers visit Red Balloon looking for a new career without all the woke nonsense. When you visit redballoon.work, use promo code Steve to receive five free profile search credits. That's a $50 value. That's redballoon.work and promo code Steve. Redballoon.work promo code steve all right next hour it will be the return of feedback friday it's been a few weeks since we've done that so looking forward to digging into the inbox for that hour but until then it is time for the day group
Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by our friends over at Sweat Block and the heat is back on. We got a bit of a break for most of August, but that July heat wave has returned. Perfect opportunity for Sweat Block. Maybe you've got a kid back to school struggling to control excessive sweating. Maybe it's you. First date, big job interview, um, a public event that you've got to speak in front of a crowd. You're worried about pinning out. Get the antiperspirant wipes from Sweatblock. That's the OG product. That's the thing they're most known for. That's what got them started. But they've got so much more, including uh, their deodorant bar is the truth. But I really love the uh, deodorant lotions that help you with uh, some of the more sensitive areas that can get swampy this time of year. Use sweatblock.com and the promo code DACE to get 20% off. That is sweatblock.com, promo code DACE to get 20% off at sweatblock.com. Issue one, bleep, Lord Nefarious says. COVID is making a comeback this summer, so many of us would like to leave it in the past, but cases are once again on the rise. So when will new booster shots roll out? Ann Thompson asked the CDC director. Hey folks, Stevie here, and I just wanted to give you a little bit of a preview of my classroom uh, to show you what I've been working on instead of gardening. Uh, so we have this right here. Of course, I'm queer and want my queer students to feel happy and proud and also for my non-queer students to be allies. So lockdown, for example, in New York City, when Elmhurst Hospital was overrun and they were having cooler trucks outside because they had no places to put the bodies, you had to have something to immediately shut down the tsunami of infection. That lockdown was absolutely justified. So we then have all of my different things that I've gotten over the years. I used to teach ELA and ELD, similar idea with different supports and resources. Then I went ahead, I ordered the progress flag, um, the most updated one, because I used to have just a regular rainbow flag. The climate crisis may be the greatest threat to US national security. Do you agree with that? I think it is one of the most prominent threats that we face. As a school administrator, I will never intentionally misgender a staff member or student. Schools are supposed to be a safe place. We have ability and ability in our grading system or our um, student tracking system to change pronouns, uh, preferred pronouns and preferred names. And that's exactly what we do. But the climate change countering has to come from an international commitment to decrease the carbon imprint in society so you don't have the kinds of crazy weather that we're having in this country. President and uh, Dr. Biden spent several hours both over Lahaina on the ground here and meeting with both first responders and victims of this tragedy at the big shelter, the War Memorial Shelter in central Maui. And he said the right things in many cases. He did serve as empathizer in chief after five days of being mostly silent on the issue publicly. Jesus was bisexual. Many use the Bible as a hateful homophobic attack. It's an own goal. The Bible indicates that Jesus was bisexual, saying he had a special love for John. Polls consistently show that young people's number one issue is climate change. How will you, as both President of the United States and leader of the Republican Party, calm their fears that the Republican Party doesn't care about climate change? You know, there are moments 
and they're increasingly occurring when I am comforted by the existence of hell. The justice will get the last word. And I just experienced yet another one of them. And they're actually occurring on a See. far more frequent basis, as a matter of fact. That was the exact reaction when I saw that. I'm like, that guy's going to hell. Exactly. He's going to hell. And, I mean, that's Romans 1 in action right there is what that is. Do I, I only have to choose one this week? I mean, they're all my deformed, hideous I'll children. Let, let's do this. We'll go with tradition so that all righteousness may be fulfilled. We will go with tradition and let the guest have the first pick. You pick something else he doesn't pick. Fair? Fair. All right. So, Josh Hammer, the smartest one here on this set, even though you're actually not on the set. Uh, what was the most disgusting filth that you just had to ingest? Steve, that was quite a week, more than usual to choose from, and there's always a lot to choose from on this segment of, of the Friday show. Look, I mean, if I had to choose one, I'm, I'm going to cheat a little bit here. I mean, because the theme of climate change pervaded at least three of those separate segments, uh, the, the whole Biden to Maui thing, Anthony Fauci, the Mayorkas question, actually even this yaff, you know, young question at the Fox News debate. The notion that climate change is the number one most pressing issue, is, is the number one all-encompassing national security civilizational threat, this this is maybe the single biggest lie, I think, that we are currently dealing with. I mean, we dealt with a ton of lies during the COVID regime. They're probably going to try to bring back the mask mandates, the lockdowns, all of that, perhaps in a slightly more limited capacity. But as far as what is actually going to impact our day-to-day -day lives, starting now, really, starting years ago, frankly, but at least from now for the next five, 10 years, it is the climate change. You know, I, I, I hate Vivek Ramaswamy with a passion. I'm sure that we'll get into that a little later, but he was actually completely right on the debate stage the other night when he said that the, that the policies that we are doing in response to this ginned up faux emergency of climate change are much, much more harmful for working and middle class Americans in particular than the actual notion of climate change itself. More broadly, this idea that climate change, so-called climate change is to blame for everything that goes wrong. The fact that here in Florida, where I live, where, where the oceanic temperatures admittedly are a little warmer than perhaps they were a year or two ago, the, the notion that climate change is to blame for that, the notion that climate change is to blame for this horrific tragedy in Maui, Hawaii. You know, it's become the like the, the one stop shop, the dog ate my homework excuse for the left to avoid any modicum of responsibility or accountability for their horrific policies and their various failures at every level. So mm -hmm. I, I, I just cannot have this. And frankly, Steve, I'll, I'll finish up right here. When, when we got to that question early on in the debate on Wednesday night from a from a conservative organization like YAF, who I do some speaking for, frankly, I couldn't believe that that was a question that came up within the first 15, 20 minutes of the debate. That just absolutely shocked me. It's a big tent, Josh. And you and I ain't in it, brother. Todd. Well, this will be a cousin uh, to that because the it's the least in your face in terms of presentation, but it starts off Aaron's montage. It's Lester Holt talking to you about uh, what what you need to know about the coming fall and uh, w when to get your booster like there doesn't ma show what shows like this have talked about books that Steve has written I, it, there is no there's no such thing and this apply this is why it's a cousin to what Josh said there there's no science anymore J just like there really is no social compact behind the constitution it's it's this thing it's not about following the truth wherever it leads in no way shape or f if it happens to be handy to be manipulated in a certain way and maybe some good things come of it that's the best you can hope for but science 
as this uncaptured thing uh, that's a product of uh, the, the Enlightenment thinking and things like that. No, 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 no. De- dead and gone. Because for, af- for us to go through what we've gone through with COVID and for the nightly news to still come up in sober tones talking about get your booster. It, it, we're captured. Science is captured. We're captured. No dents have been made. It's it's truly phenomenal. My level of angst over that is the same as Josh just said. And it's again, Fox News just to put out a, you know, did you get your booster? It might matter which arm you get it in. I mean, they were I, imposing it on their employees, yes, for yes. goodness sakes. There's, there's no place, no place that that has not been brainwashed by the notion of what science is and what science isn't. Aaron? It's Anthony Fauci. In the, ye- in the month of August of the year 2023, claiming lockdowns were justified. After denying that he, they, he, there were any lockdowns yeah. or he orchestrated them. The same yeah. issue again. The cornucopia yeah. of what that means, that he is allowed to say that in the year 2023 and he's not in prison or worse. I think that speaks, speaks for itself. I think that speaks for itself. But I have been reliably assured by conservative media that the same normies that aren't demanding Anthony Fauci be put on trial for his life after what he, Debbie Burks, and that task force did to them, the generational damage we still have yet to dig out from, all the inflation, everything you're undergoing right now all comes from this moment. I have been reliably assured that the same normies we need to win the next election who are not demanding Anthony Fauci be put on a Nuremberg-like trial for his life will be, will, will be so galvanized by what is the persecution being suffered by a billionaire they have shown us time after time after time they cannot stand that 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 will galvanize them not not what anthony fauci and the and and the state did to them and their children and their small business and their church and their way of life and and the weddings they couldn't have and the funerals they couldn't have and the loved ones that were left to die alone and the ongoing poisonings that they're still advocating i've been i'm reliably assured by the largest accounts People with much more followers and and a much bigger bank account than me. I am reliably assured that those people who could not be moved to do a damn thing when they watched racialists riot in the streets while they were locked down, when they were told rainbow orgies are essential, but your churches are not. I am reliably informed by the shows you watch and listen to more than mine. I am reliably informed that those same people are just counting down the days until they can vote for Donald Trump, whom they don't like again, in order to stand, to, 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 to not stand for this. And they will, be, they will be mobilized and they will rise up for Trump like they didn't themselves or their children. I'm reliably informed. So that clearly must be how this will all play out in the next 400 some odd days. It's sufficiently safarious analysis. It, it, it is. Let's get to the exit question. On a scale of one to ten, uh, with with one being the odds that Democrats will not do everything they can to put Donald Trump in prison, and ten being the odds that Lindsey Graham would love to be in a prison movie. <laughs> I, 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 I kept a straight face till I saw Josh's <laughs> smile. It this just is, filled up the whole screen, and it broke me. I couldn't, I couldn't stay in character anymore. The only anymore. reason he comes back on it's for this moment. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> like he doesn't come back my... in segment two. He's gone. This is an empty square. <laughs> I'm done. We're good. It, it is the highlight of the day's group for me. Every Friday, I join you guys. Is the Lindsey Graham joke. 
Rank this week's level of total depravity, Todd. Ten. Josh. That's a full ten. Aaron. Ten. That is the full Monty brother for sure. Issue two. Did either change anything? There was this debate. No one is telling the American people the truth. The truth is that Biden didn't do this to us. Our Republicans did this to us, too. When they passed that $2.2 trillion COVID stimulus bill. Why are we in this mess? Part of it and a major reason is because how this federal government handed COVID-19 by locking down this economy. It was a mistake. It should have never happened. Last person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, What's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama, and I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur. We cannot let states like California, New York, and Illinois have abortions on demand up until the day of birth. You're not doing what we need to do to secure our own border. We have tens of thousands of people who are being killed because what we're not handling both. And then there was this debate. Kamala Harris? She uh, seems pretty senile, too. She speaks in, uh, in rhyme. In, uh, it's weird. It's weird. But she has bad moments. And in rhyme? What do you... Well, the way she talks, the bus will go here, and then the bus will go there, because that's what buses do. And it's weird. All right. Be, before we get to the, uh, the question here, I want to tell you about our friends over at First Liberty. Uh, They recently won a landmark case at the U.S. Supreme Court on religious freedom. And this is the case with high school football coach uh, Joe Kennedy, uh, who was taking who had taken a knee in prayer on the field after games until finally uh, it got him fired. And they won that case uh, all the way at the U.S. Supreme Court. And now they want to celebrate and also remind Americans that religious freedom was renewed in this landmark case with what they're calling the First Freedom Challenge. They're asking you to fill local stadiums and pray after the game, just like Coach Kennedy on his first game back, Friday, September 1st. Friday, September 1st, here's three things that you can do to promote the First Freedom Challenge. One, you can sign up at rfia.org, rfia.org, and commit to praying on September 1st. You can also record a short video message challenging people to take a knee in prayer for Coach Kennedy. And then you can share your video on social media and let the world know that the freedoms intended by our founding fathers are still here. They're back. And so you can join us in taking the First Freedom Challenge. Sign up at rfia.org. We're going to talk more about the the Tucker. Um, I'm going to talk more in depth about the Tucker and Trump interview on fake news or not next week. Uh, but just to add some context before I throw it to you guys, everybody's made a big deal out of these views that this thing has acquired. So on Twitter, you are granted a view um, if anybody watches your video for more than two seconds. And so our, our friend Paul Alexander sent me a text last night. I want to I want to share this with you guys. Because, you know, Paul has worked in the entertainment industry um, a long time. And uh, and he said that uh, I used to manage a comedian who had a series on Facebook Watch and the view count on each episode was high. Mid six figures to low seven figures. That's a lot of views. But the engagement was so anemic that the series didn't get renewed. When I eventually got to the bottom of why, I learned a lot directly from the Facebook executives on how social media, quote unquote, views get tabulated. And I think Twitter has an even lower threshold than Facebook. So a lot of these views aren't what they're made out to be. So that prompted me to go and look at the engagements. How many people are actually engaged? Because we're seeing these huge numbers of two. And I want I want legacy media destroyed. 
I've, I've, I mean, I was, I was talking about, about my disdain for Fox News when most of the people that are talking about it now were literally offering up, you know, their fallopian tubes, their ovaries, and their, and their testicles, okay, um, in, in order to get on Fox News. You've been here for, all, for a lot of those years. Yes. That's a fact. It all is. right. So, but, but again, we, can't, we cannot lie to each other. All right. So these 248 million views, I went and looked. Here's the engagement. Just 0.8% of the views in the Tucker, um, uh, just 0.8% of the views have retweeted this video. 0.08, I'm sorry, 0.08%, 0.08 retweeted it. 0.007% quote retweeted it, meaning they they retweeted it with a quote, something they thought was interesting or a comment on it, just 0.007%. 0 0.3% of the people that are said to have watched the video liked it. Just 0.03% of the people that are said to have watched the video bookmarked it. That engagement is insanely anemic. Remember when I said on Monday show, 7% of Republican primary voters use Twitter quote a lot. Washington Post put out a poll on Thursday of Republican primary voters. Did you watch the debate? What do you think the percentage of people who watched the debate was? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Of people who watched Tucker and Trump on Twitter. What do you think the percentage of the GOP primary vote was? 7%. 7% of the people in that poll said they watched Tucker and Trump. The exact percentage I told you on Monday use Twitter a lot amongst the GOP primary electorate. I mean, we, we just occupy and live in a world on the right that most Americans do not. So with that, let's get to the first question. Do you think either the GOP presidential debate or Tucker's interview of Trump changed anything, Aaron? I think this week, I'm not trying to be evasive. Sorry, Josh, just pressed the wrong button. I'm not trying to be evasive in this answer. I think what has really really stood out to me this week is that is the notion that twitter is really not reflective of where people are at that can be a good thing that's also can be a bad thing it's a bad thing in that some people really do the normies really do need to wake up uh it's also a bad thing because a lot of us who who live on these uh on these websites we are as distorted in our view of the world or at least the temptation is there to be distorted in our view of the world, as the boomers are with their relationship to television. That's kind of the same dynamic at play here. But I'll tell you where this really kind of drilled down for me is in the middle of the debate, and we were still over an hour left before the end of the debate, I sent out a tweet saying, the Con Inc. talking points have gone out to declare Vivek Ramaswamy the winner of this debate. Uh, and every, everybody else is just noise. And lo and behold, all the same people who I'm referring to have in the days, uh, in the days that have passed since the debate have echoed that exact same thing. Vivek Ramaswamy, definitely the winner of the debate. Well, when you look at some of the uh, polling, I think the Washington Post and Ipsos did polling after the debate. What I said, what I said on Twitter was, if you live on Twitter, he won the debate. If you're a normal GOP voter... He came across as a pretentious millennial. And that's basically what the polling after, if, if you believe that polling at all. Do you know, again, if we, but, is there a ruling on polling? Uh, are we just going to do the whole thing that, that we've done in the Trump era of just cherry picking know, the man. ones that tell I, us what we want to hear? I don't know. I'm just, I'm using it. I'm okay. We have to have some sort of baseline here. I know. That's so why I'm I think asking. We, I so I think, you, you know, I think you have to always put it out with the caveat. If you believe that polling, if it's anywhere close to accurate, that's the caveat that I use. That was kind of borne out. 
after after that debate. So all this to say is, did it change anything whatsoever? I we will see. I just have a hard time believing that what we see on Twitter and what we see through the through some of the polling anyway is anywhere close to what's happening in real life. I think sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. I, I don't know. So I guess that's a long winded answer of saying Twitter's not real life. I don't know about anything else. <laughs> Fair. That's a, and that's a good answer. I think the, the, the debate changed quite a bit. And I'll explain why in a second. But let me get everybody else on. Todd, go ahead. My feeling is the debate didn't change quite a bit. That uh, montage Aaron showed yesterday with the panel, a a lot of those people, and they were coming at it from different angles, but they they seemed to like and respect DeSantis uh, before that. They just needed a little bit more. They needed this performance, and it seemed to push him in that direction. So he still seems to be uh, the the front runner, but Trump still is what Trump is. On the other hand, we won't know right away but there's a lot of people disappointed in what Tucker did, at the very least, uh, in terms of the non-interview. Uh, the of, infomercial? Yes, exactly. Uh, now, what's behind that? If you Back in... Uh, I don't know. I got a call on my phone this morning with the, from uh, invoking Tucker Carlson to give money from, for Donald Trump. Well, this is what that we, literally just showed up on my phone as I walked into the office this morning. There, there's an old story uh, back in France, perhaps when France was still Gaul. I don't even remember, but one of the uh, conquering heroes, one of the conditions of kind of, okay, let's put this war aside and you're going to be the king of, uh, of all the land. And there's a famous quote that says, well, he had to become Catholic. And he says, well, Paris, I guess guess Paris is worth a mass what what <laughs> what was Tucker offered to pull off that is he going to be the chief of staff is he win or lose with Trump going to be funded by Trump now, if that's the deal I'm I might well I think I might is, approve this that is one the actually questions we need to ask is his is the media empire going to be funded by Trump now what money does Trump have if he's funding his own um uh, legal fees I don't know but I think the answer is probably something behind that Tucker interview, because I can't believe still that that happened. I don't think Tucker would have done it unless he got something huge. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but I'm just smelling something here. I'll tell you, I fully approve a deal to do an infomercial for Trump in exchange for Tucker Carlson being the chief of staff of a Trump administration that likely will never happen. But just in case it did, I'm in favor of that deal and would actually change my opinion of what transpired earlier this week. Josh, go ahead. So this is going to be a very stereotypical thing for the token Jew here to do, but I'm going to make a reference to the Larry David show, Curb Your Enthusiasm. So there's a there's a famous episode, maybe like two seasons ago, where there's a spite fence and a spite store. And the whole thing of the episode <laughs> is that sometimes people do things purely for spite, and there is literally nothing else about it other than spite. That is my basic take on the Tucker interview. I, I think that he was doing this purely to stick two middle fingers wildly into the air at his former employer. They're obviously involved in current litigation right now. Now, that doesn't answer all the questions. I mean, he could have still done the interview and not been this total fluff softball infomercial. I haven't actually even watched the full exchange because enough people have told me that it was an infomercial. I don't particularly care to watch it, but I, that probably has something to do with it, right? I think, I think you just can't, I mean, you, you can't ignore just the basic human element to want to seek vengeance upon those who you think have wronged you, things like that. I, I, you know, for, for, from the Tucker interview, again, I haven't watched it, but what I've been told is that Trump came out, I, I, he must be the only man in America, apparently, who thinks that Jeffrey Epstein he actually did say killed that. himself. Yeah, he said I, that. That, yeah. that. That, to me, is astonishing. Yep. I mean, you know, if there's, if there's one thing that Trump is probably sympathetic to, it's, you know, some quote-unquote conspiracy theory. So that just, frankly, astonished me. Um, 
Going back to the debate itself, you know, I'm, I'm basically where Aaron is. I mean, I, I, I want to see some more kind of data points coming in there. I think that, that DeSantis was definitely the closest thing to the winner of the debate. I, I feel pretty confident in that conviction. Strongly, strongly agree that Vivek came across as, the, you know, the fraud, the con artist, the swindler that he is. I obviously cannot stand the guy. I, I pull no punches in, in that respect there. But, I, I, you know, barring something else, Steve, I mean, you know, you and I chat offline about this. I, I'm just not sure how much nationally is going to change. Now, you guys are in Iowa, obviously. That is the state that matters right now. Maybe the debate was was particularly well received there on the grounds in Iowa. And as a DeSantis backer myself, I certainly hope that's the case. I mean, I think DeSantis obviously did himself no harm, but we'll see. I mean, uh, the polls have to move at some point. So here's why I think that the debate changed quite a bit, because um, five times more people that are going to vote in Republican primaries watch that debate than will than watched Trump and Tucker. Number one. Number two. I was I was given I was made privy to some data recently uh, of uh, the high the real the real data the pe- the stuff people pay a lot of money for, and it is true that DeSantis's polling began to dip in March when Trump was indicted, but not for the reason we think. Trump's favorables among or I'm sorry, Twitter's not real. DeSantis's favorables amongst Trump voters are really high. You saw in the Iowa poll last week, Trump and DeSantis had virtually the same percentage of people saying that they were the top two choices. One of the top one of their top two choices. What happened is the Rubio vote, the soft headed vote, the Kasich vote, who was willing to put up with uh, Ron DeSantis's right wing agenda, provided he could save him from Trump as their nominee. They deserted DeSantis when he agreed to not allow Florida to extradite Trump to New York. They and he's he's hemorrhaged soft conservatives and moderates. He hemorrhaged them. And what those people want, they want a show too. They just want a different show than MAGA does. They want like a serious drama. They want somebody who looks presidential and serious and doesn't create a soap opera and needlessly attack people. And that's exactly what DeSantis presented himself as on the stage. He needed to win those people back. The people that vote for a Marco Rubio, that's whom he lost. The people that were drifting to Nikki Haley and Tim Scott, that's what he needed to do. And that's why I think it will change things, actually. All right, we'll come back. More Days Group in a moment. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. Growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. But as you get older, you want to watch out for the sugar, the empty carbs. And that's where Magic Spoon comes in with amazing flavors, but also high protein and less sugar. And they have the variety pack right now. You can get four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. I tried the peanut butter, and I was shocked at how good it was. I gave the rest of them over to the McIntyre family because you guys are the poster children for Food Allergy America, basically. And this thing is gluten-free, keto-friendly, grain-free, soy-free. See, I think when I hear all those frees, that means taste-free. But the peanut butter was delicious. I know Ben loves this stuff, Aaron. 
He does indeed. Yeah, I mean, we uh, we've gone through all the boxes that you that you gave us, and you can't get much better of an endorsement from a uh, than from a, a two year old. I mean, he he uh, he loves his Cheerios, he loves his crackers. Um, but boy, when we had the magic spoon, that was the first thing he asked for, pointed for all the time, and he loves that stuff. And it's important for us too, because like you said, we're we're uh, uh, free a lot of stuff, in, including uh, sugar. We try to keep sugar out of our diet as much as possible in the McIntyre household. So uh, that was an another benefit to magic spoon i also saw they have a pumpkin flavor out now for the fall you can keep that you can keep that one (laughs) all right folks remember to get your next delicious bowl of high protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash dace and use the code dace to save five dollars off that's magicspoon.com slash dace use the code dace to save five dollars off let's welcome back in editor at large over at newsweek josh hammer as we get to issue three this is Jeopardy. Donald Trump turned himself in once again last night, this time in Fulton County, Georgia, facing indictments over his alleged plot to overthrow Georgia's 2020 election results. It's the latest indictment and arraignment for the former president who looks to be heading to jail or at least taking a plea agreement in the not too distant future. All right. So, Josh, we have discussed this on the show quite a bit. And we have only discussed it really politically because we think that this is really only political. That when you're talking about 12% of Manhattan voted for Trump, good luck finding a juror or two that will even hang a jury for you. When you look at the gulags they have called juries in D.C. since January 6th, good luck finding 12 or 12 angry men uh, to, uh, on a jury for you there. You're, you're going to be guilty for being Donald Trump on a sunny day. Um, You look at Fulton County, Georgia, where uh, Joe Biden won 75 percent of the vote. Maybe you'll find one or two jurors that have the stones to sit in there and Henry Fonda that thing for you. All right. But but I wouldn't be optimistic. I don't think I think whatever evidence and stuff they are presenting is really to try to impress the Supreme Court later to save them from this, because I think this isn't a legal process. It's a political persecution. But you are the attorney. I mean, you've served uh, as a clerk on the U.S. Court of Appeals for one of the finest conservative justices we have in America. This is your you're the subject matter expert. So first and foremost, are we analyzing this properly? And then secondly, what would be your legal analysis? So, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Right. Um, uh, Let's start with Alvin Brack. I mean, the New York City indictment is exactly what you just said it is. That is by far the flimsiest of the four. They probably if I had to guess cynically, they probably will reach a conviction uh, just given the nature of the jury pool. I mean, I could be wrong about that, but I, I. you know, call me naive. I, I have a, enough of a modicum of faith in the appellate courts in New York State that I have to imagine, just given just the total frivolity of that particular case, that he will ultimately be exculpated in that particular litigation. When it, when it comes to the two federal charges, the two Jack Smith ones, to, to me, the classified documents case in Mar-a-Lago, as far as the actual fact patterns that are alleged in each case, that, that is the most implicating, I think, of the four. If you look at what happened there, at least, uh, you know, the facts are obviously are alleged. Trump can counter if he wants to. But what the DOJ and Jack Smith have alleged when it comes to that particular case 
includes just openly ignoring a grand jury subpoena, all the shuffling of the documents, the surveillance camera. It, it, it's quite icky stuff. But what might be his saving grace in that case, there is an actually fair judge, Judge Cannon, you know, not far from where I live here in Florida. And the nature of the jury pool is probably going to be relatively politically mixed. So it, just given the unambiguous political hue of all these prosecutions, I, I'm cautiously optimistic for Trump when it comes to that particular litigation. The Washington, D.C. J6 litigation I have I have no trust whatsoever when it comes to the jury pool, but I, those charges to me are, are are just the absolute quintessence of the, politi the politicization of the law. It, 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 it's just it's really just absolutely grotesque stuff, frankly. And I I have enough of a modicum of faith that an en banc rehearing of the D.C. Court of Appeals or ultimately the Supreme Court forgets that would probably exculpate him on that. Probably the D.C. Court of Appeals, if I had to guess, but I'm really just making somewhat of an educated guess here. That takes us to Georgia, which for all those reasons to me is the most legally perilous of the four for multiple reasons. One of which is there are a lot of co-defendants here. So first of all, they might be, you know, uh, who knows who will flip, frankly. I mean, who knows who will try and go and serve as a witness for the prosecution against Trump? You know, our, our friend Jenna Ellis, she's not having her, her legal uh, her legal bills paid by, uh, by the Trump super PAC. It's, it's a pure act of spite to go back to the previous segments because Jenna is no longer a, a diehard Trump supporter there. Who knows what she and some of the Rudy other Rudy Giuliani wasn't getting his legal bills paid either. That's why he went to Politico and, and basically fired a shot across Trump's bow right before he was getting arrested in Fulton County, but go ahead. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So who knows what will happen from that perspective? Also in Georgia, I mean, Trump has really pissed off the Republican leaders of that particular state. So you look at the governor, the lieutenant governor, the secretary of state, they're all totally against him. I mean, who knows if you know, Brian Kemp might serve as a witness for Fonnie Wilson here. I mean, I mean, we can't write that off as a possibility here. The nature of the charges at first look kind of dubious. RICO, it's a racketeering statute. It was literally first devised at the congressional level to go after organized crime and the mafia. It seems like a ridiculous fit for what what happened here, but when you when you actually start to read Georgia's RICO statute, it's written really, really broadly. So the prosecutors there do have a lot of leeway. As you said, it's a 75% Joe Biden voting blue county there. And worst of all, even if Trump were to somehow become president, you know, in 2024, January 2025, he obviously can't pardon himself for this if he is convicted because it's a state crime. And doubly worse for that, the Georgia state constitution is such that the governor can't even pardon him. It's mm -hmm. a very complex Byzantine ordeal there. So I, I think Georgia Georgia is, frankly, the most perilous of all four. What are you guys' reactions to the legal analysis that Josh just gave us? And we found someone who could give his legal analysis. Josh, you ever gotten a massage at, an, at Epstein Island or been to a <laughs> Turkish prison? No? So it is possible. Not. It is possible, conservative media. It is possible. Go ahead, Tom. There's nobody I trust more to wrestle whatever legitimate legal analysis there is to come out of this thing and you just heard it and amen to all that but above and beyond that my analysis is much like i did with early on when i talked about science it's totally captured as is the law the law is utterly captured so when it comes to the premise of you asking this how how bad can this get how far can this go steve it's it it has nothing to do with the law because it's whatever people, how bad they want it to get. Justice is not blind here. To the extent that the law is supposed to be like science, that's what justice and blind basically means. Now, is the law far more art than science is supposed to be? Yes, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but Josh knows exactly uh, what I'm talking about. But we're not dealing with either science or art here anymore with the law. We have fashioned it into an idol, a weaponized idol to hurt people. 
for political reasons, for spite. I mean, really, the spite sport store is supposed to be a joke. It is now the DOJ. <laughs> That's a terrible thing. It's a great line, by the way. Yeah. Amen. Aaron. See, I'm listening to Josh's excellent analysis here. And I keep thinking, oh, man, I hope that is true, especially when it comes to jurors in uh, in Georgia, the the judge in Florida, the appeals process in D.C. I hope that's all true, that he will be exculpated in all of these places. But I keep coming back to law is as law does, Mama says. The only laws that matters matter are the ones that are enforced, regardless of whether or not those laws are real or made up. Right now, we are just... We are just doing things. We are just witnessing exercises of power. And laws, laws don't matter. So I hope there are some jurors in, in Florida and Georgia who will be able to sit through all of this and just, you know, not give an inch. I hope that John Roberts decides to have a newfound respect for Donald Trump. But I'm just really, really pessimistic about any of that. If, if I could, just as a dummy, if I could narrow down in one just big gulp your legal analysis, Josh, essentially to escape all of this legal jeopardy, Georgia, Fulton County, and the dynamics there aside, which we have educated our audience on too, how parochial the justice system is there. The other three cases, we are essentially asking the resurrector and savior of Obamacare in an election year, John Roberts, and all three of Gorsuch, who, aside from tranny issues, has been a fairly good Supreme Court justice. And Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh, whom, aside from um, Dobbs, have actually voted a majority of time with the Democrat uh, block of the court. So we are. So let's just narrow it down to those two. We are essentially asking John Roberts, the man who saved Obamacare in an election year. Brett Kavanaugh, the man who wrote the, wrote the ruling at the D.C. Court of Appeals that Roberts used to save Obamacare. And Amy Coney Barrett, who essentially has spent all of her political capital on Dobbs and disappointed us on virtually everything else. We're basically going to put the fate of this entire thing and maybe this election of Trump is the nominee in those three hands. That's essentially what I hear you saying, basically, right? When it comes to the Mar-a-Lago and the January 6th cases in Washington, D.C., yeah, that ultimately is what it comes about. It's kind of poetic, Steve, isn't it? It's actually quite poetic. So we're screwed. I mean, I, I look, I, it's, it's hard to have much faith. I mean, here's what I will say, okay? So Florida appeals to the 11th Circuit, and you know, Washington, D.C. obviously appeals to the D.C. Circuit. The 11th Circuit is not a hard right court. It's not as conservative as the 5th Circuit where I clerked, but but it is a solidly center right court. So if, if that case were to ultimately go on bonk, I, I think he's probably OK in Florida. Now, obviously, the DOJ could appeal to the Supreme Court. You know, maybe they wouldn't at that point if he's actually the nominee. Who knows? I mean, maybe they probably would. But yes, when push comes to shove, if the DOJ were to appeal even losses at the circuit court level and go all the way to the Supreme Court, if that were to happen, then yeah, we're relying on Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh, which is really poetic again, because these are Trump's two, two nominees, or, along with Gorsuch, to the Supreme Court itself. That's your kids' futures. Right there. Exit question, what's more likely to happen 328 days from today? Trump giving a speech in person, in person is the key phrase here. Trump giving a speech in person in Milwaukee to accept the GOP presidential nomination, because if you are under house arrest, you can't be there in person. 
or Trump is a convicted felon, either incarcerated or under house arrest. Aaron. Convicted felon, either under arrest or house arrest. Todd. The latter. Josh. You know, for me, the 328 days is what's doing a lot of work there. I, 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 I'm not confident in all in this, but I, I would say probably slightly more likely to be there in Milwaukee. I don't. That's the thing. You're right, Josh. It's the timing. We don't know. I mean, now they want to start trials in Fulton County October 23rd. Yep. Yeah, Josh they, is- they, uh, two weeks ago, they said March. Now they want to start at October 23rd. But so that's fine. There, there's time. Things could change. But we just started the show talking about Lester Holt lecturing you about getting your booster. Nothing ever changes. Issue four. Let's get to our kicker topic quickly. If you could ever if you could have one Republican do one thing right now to combat Democratic lawfare, what would it be? Josh. Look, my answer for this for months and months, going all the way back to the raid over a year ago in Mar-a-Lago, is you have to fight fire with fire. I mean, I'm saying this as a, as a federal appellate law clerk. You, yep. you have to start Mutually assured destruction, dirty. basically. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. Our, that is our yeah. only way out. Yep. Write the pendulum. Start taking some political people and just putting them in the crosshairs. Find some good charges. Get Hunter Biden, no matter how you can. Get Anthony Fauci on some fraud or tort statute mm-hmm. in some West Texas yep. jury with yep. some right-wing prosecutor. Stuff like that. Yeah. Well, that's what we've been saying. Do we even need to answer no, the question I'm after Josh has verified it? That's it. We all agree. That's it. Okay. So now actually someone with a, that's smart actually saying what we have been saying for the, on the show for the last how many ever. We've just been drooling it out. So we've graduated. I feel better. My self-esteem is literally higher. Thank you. All right. Let's get to the uh, predictions. Aaron, go. So, boy, I am on a uh, I am on a uh, tear here. I will remind you that back in April of 2020, I was the one who predicted Kamala Harris would be Joe Biden's running mate. Two weeks before, and I hate this, two weeks before the Maui wildfires, I predicted there was going to be a major natural disaster. Now that looks like it's going to be uh, a Hurricane Katrina-level event. A week before Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson had the interview, announced their interview, I predicted that that was going to happen. So I make, I'm basically the oracle now. So I make no... <laughs> Do uh, not speak something else into existence. We'll no regret pride later. pride in making this next pred- prediction. Hammer the over in uh, Notre Dame Navy tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that is so arrogant. That's my boy. That's our guy right there. All right, Todd. First, I, unless we, we skipped right past it, the exit question regarding the d- debate. I have to join you, Josh, with my loathing of Vivek. I would absolutely want him off that stage. He, he does give great answers. He's a great speaker, but you have no idea if he means what he says. He absolutely has to go. My prediction, uh, as, as woke as they are, and they largely could care, don't care if a football dies or not, but these two institutions are going to do the most common sense thing with all this f- football nonsense. Cal and Stanford are just going to join the Mountain West Conference, and they're they're, they're not going to join the ACC. They're going to they're going to be the most sober-minded college football institutions in America. Cal and Stanford, nice job, everybody. Josh. Well, uh, let me just quickly say that I obviously agree with you, Todd. Um, that Vivek would 100% be the guy that I would nuke from that debate stage, and you know, God willing, he goes away sooner rather than later. Unfortunately, he's 38 years old, so I'm not sure if that's that's in the offing, but. We shall see how fortunate we get. So I'm really tempted to make a college football prediction because, you know, we're coming up on college football season like you guys. I'm also a big fan. But I I guess I'll stick to our our bread and butter topic for the moment here. You know, one thing that I've been thinking about over the past week or so, the chatter about impeachment of Biden has has escalated a little bit. I mean, I mean, the last I checked, 
there were, there were probably 30 or 40 House Republicans who I, I read some article where like, I guess the whip vote was they, 30 they seconds. 30 Go ahead. 30 seconds. Yeah. So I, I guess my prediction is, is that McCarthy will actually see this impeachment through when they come back next month. And I think it probably will pass narrowly. Hmm. You're going to you guys are going to hate my prediction the most. I don't believe the demonic globalists are going to bring COVID restrictions back in their full fury. I think you'll see it in some blue states, blue counties. I don't think they're going to do it this year anyway, despite our current concerns. Yeah. But but it's not, don't don't feel good about that. I know it's because they have something else in mind for their political capital. And that is going to be to use all their political capital to place U.S. troops on the ground in Ukraine by the end of this year. They're going to do that instead. And they're going to say, if we don't, and they're going to be right because of the mess they already made of this. They're going to say, if we don't, Putin will overrun all of Ukraine. Now, well, he'll own it all, and he'll go to Scandinavia and everything else next. Um, then they can have it. And then yeah, that's what they're going to say. That's what they're going to say. Like I told you, it was, it, you were going to, it was just going to start out happy, but this prediction wasn't going to end well. I think that's coming by the end of the year, and we're going to have to... We're going to have to do what we didn't do with COVID or anything else. Lose our damn minds for it to not occur. Josh, good to see you as always, man. Don't be a stranger, all right? Take care. Take care, guys. Always a pleasure. You bet. We'll come back. It'll be Feedback Friday when we return. Stay tuned. Hour two live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. And all of you, though hopefully not all at once, can let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox by emailing the show. Steve at SteveDace.com, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, me, we, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. And then look for me on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace there. At Real Steve Dace on Truth Social. Uh, those of you that are podcast listeners, thank you so much. You're a big part of our audience. And please keep those five-star reviews coming. Uh, let us, that is, if you like us. And thank you to all of you that have posted one of them already. And you can also um, hit subscribe or on iTunes follow so that each new episode we do shows up in your feed automatically every single day. And this portion of the show, Feedback Friday, brought to you by our friends over at Jace Medical. They've got a brand new product. You might remember they came out with a Jace case last year of venerable antibiotics. They wanted to make sure we're available to you just in case of another emergency. Right? Yeah. Well, now they want to make sure your medications that you need right now are backed up. Before those get, let's go, Brandon, as well. All right. Uh, so make sure you back up your existing meds for up to 12 months right now with our friends over at Jace Medical. And this is a whole host of medications from cholesterol, diabetes, heart health, blood pressure, even mental health, and more. All right. Go to jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E, J-A-S-E, for jacemedical.com. Use the code DACE at checkout for the discount. Code DACE at checkout for the discount when you go to jacemedical.com. Well, it has been a minute since we've had uh, you know the day's group and feedback friday back to back you guys ready to bust these out you bet all right let's let's begin with s Moore. i've watched your show for a few years now and i marvel at your 2020 hindsight i'm having a difficult time deciding whether your show has become an msnbc clone 
Well, I agree with a hard. Well, I agree. Trump will have a hard time with his legal troubles. Nevertheless, this has to be a battle we must win. Trump's problem was trusting his advisors with his hires, and he has paid dearly for that. I hope that hitching your wagon to DeSantis will pay off, but I'm having a difficult time believing he won't be able to distinguish himself from the rhinos that support him. MAGA will need to support DeSantis for him to have any chance. So let's see what happens. I agree. You're having a difficult time. I'm, here's the thing. The rest of his email, I think, actually has some very good points. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're going to have to figure out how to put this thing together when it's all said and done. You, you, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, we're we're facing a tall task here, regardless of, of, of how course. this turns out. When does okay. any? How do you watch the show and get any other impression? And if you're going to burn us, cool. We like a good burn. Y- no doubt. You do not compare us to MSNBC. That's stupid. That should be beneath you. Like I. Play, play harder. Try much, much harder. Well, that's no. the thing. And that's why I wanted to, uh, that's why I shared this note is this is actually a fairly good representation of what probably the average Trump, hardcore Trump voter in this primary. And by the way, I want to make, I've, I've stated this, I don't know how many times, even though people come at me with this every day. I really don't care. I mean, if you ask me, I'll tell you. Um, I'll persuade you if I can. I mean, if I didn't think Ron DeSantis wasn't a better candidate than Donald Trump, I wouldn't have endorsed him. That being said, both Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis have historic accomplishments. I I truly don't care which one of them you are supporting if this is an issue-based decision. I don't. What I what I do care, and and you'll see, I I've not picked fights with anybody, any of any any of our colleagues here or anywhere else who have a different view on this, because I I. Based on most of his record prior to COVID, um, there is a very strong case for Donald Trump being president again. And I agree with it. That's why I voted for him and advocated strongly for him to be president again in the last election. I don't have a problem with that. And if my guy doesn't win, we're going to have to figure out how to how to beat the Department of Justice, the Democrats, ballot harvesting and all things. All true. Because we cannot lose the next election. We just can't. I mean, we, you know, at least I'm confident with Trump, I'll be able to afford a house and a car. And you cannot say that right now. Very basic, fundamental take for granted in in American life for the last 100 years. I just tried to do it. I I can't move right now. I know. There's a lot of Americans that are sitting on all, I'm one of them, by the way, sitting on all of the, the value in their home that skyrocketed in the Trump years, who now cannot sell their homes to people like Todd <laughs> because of interest rates have gone up and mortgage payments are over 100% higher than they were in, in 2020 and everything. We can't afford this stuff. We can't. So, I mean, I, I understand the argument for Trump. I really do. What I don't like is what he tried to pull yesterday. I, we, we cannot allow Trump to attack DeSantis or anybody else from the left. We just can't. I, you want to attack? He wants to attack DeSantis from the right. He wants to say he's the junior partner, ain't ready to be president. I'm not, I don't care about any of that. You don't hear me whine or talk about any of that. You don't hear me come back against that Is he that doing any of that, though? I don't know. He hit, like yesterday, he went after him on a, on a spree, and it was all from the left. In fact, your boy Trump quoted an article from MSNBC claiming DeSantis killed a bunch of people in Uh-oh. Florida and attacked him with that. For not vaccinating enough. Yes, that's the MSNBC clone, Mr. Moore. That's the problem here. And you guys always just blast. Pa- I, yes, he's in this position because he hired terrible people. Yeah, but that's not an asterisk. Yeah, I mean, who hired those people? Yes. 
it, it, you know, if you if you go watch, and I think, and I would recommend it. Uh, we had, uh, I was on Glenn Beck's podcast this week, and we taped that interview yesterday. And I mean, we covered a wide range of topics, man, from manhood to politics to culture, even theology, a, a, a wide range of topics. And what I said to him about Trump was, there was a notion before he got elected that we needed a businessman to be president and run the government like a corporation. Well, first of all, it's hard to do that. But number two, that's actually not the kind of businessman that Trump was. Trump ran an empire, not a corporation, like you think. Like you didn't have to answer to shareholders, layers of bureaucracy. I mean, I mean, Trump could ran it like an emperor. He was communist in the arena and you get thumbs up and thumbs down and people got hired and fired, you know, on a whim whenever he wanted. Well, when you take over the U.S. government, particularly the executive branch, the executive branch of the U.S. government is the largest corporation in the world. Understand it. And it's we're not even talking the 300,000 people that are working like directly in the White House or for the White House or the departments that are under the White House directly. The Pentagon and all of its adjunct staff all under the executive branch, the intelligence community and all of its adjunct staff all under the executive branch, the Department of Justice and all of its adjunct staff under the executive branch, the Department of State and all of its adjunct staff are under the executive branch. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is the largest corporation in the world. You cannot run it like an empire. You have to delegate. I mean, and I even use this analogy to the biblical analogy of Moses and Jethro to Glenn. This is where Jethro comes to Moses and says, you cannot rule the you cannot you cannot rule the people of Israel down to a granular level individually. You have to appoint. You've got to appoint diligent people. This is too big of a task for one man. Yeah. And it's too big of a task for for him or any other man. And so what you saw in the Trump presidency is when he could unilaterally act. He did, and his record was magnificent. Foreign policy, he can largely unilaterally act. We saw that with Starting with Riyadh, he, the speech in Riyadh, he reset America's entire foreign policy post 9-11. And we saw, and it ended with the Abrahamic Accords at the end of his presidency. That's where he can, thumb on the scale, act. Move the embassy to Jerusalem, act. Executive orders, act. Force the media to acknowledge and cover the March for Life, act. When he could unilaterally directly act, he did. And he did an excellent job. In other words, when he could behave like he could Mm -hmm. head of the Trump empire. But when we had to delegate, when we had to move the levers of their bureaucracy, when we had to, we had to, and a lot of that folks is managing people, frankly. Yeah. Hiring the people. Yeah. When when he, when that occurred, nothing could, he, he outsources the repealing of Obamacare to Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell. That never happens. Anything that required ancillary movement from within any form of our domestic government he got nowhere. Now, I agree. A lot of you are going to say, well, they opposed him. I agree. But that, again, goes back to you got to hire good people, better people yeah. than Rex Tillerson, Omarosa, Anthony Scaramucci. I mean, we could just yeah. do all these names. The, 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 these names are as long as the list of names that yeah. when, when, when U2 was performing at the Super Bowl at halftime post 9-11 and they scrolled the names of the people who perished. That's That could be the list. You could do a Super Bowl halftime show of terrible Trump hires and, and the graveyard of what they did to sink yeah. his administration. All right. And, and, and that's the thing here. So here's another thing people don't want to talk about. And I mentioned this to Glenn. Jenna Ellis had to post a hundred thousand dollar bond to stay out of prison. She's been told by her attorney, it's going to cost her a minimum of a half a million to stay out of jail. 
And she's at the low end of the totem pole in this RICO case in Georgia. And that's just one case, by the way. John Eastman's legal bills have been over $2 million. Ask ask yourself why a bunch of the, even the best people in the Trump, the ones we liked, why aren't they on the Trump campaign right now? Yes, this is the crucial point. Because here's why they can't afford the lawfare being Trump adjacent and he won't pay for them. I was going to make this point. He wouldn't pay for, he's not, didn't pay for Rudy Giuliani, not paying for uh, all the defendants in the RICO case in Georgia. You're on your own. And so they love the guy. They love what he did, but he, they can't, these people aren't rich. They cannot afford $50,000 retainer attorneys and then $2,000 an hour attorneys. They can't afford it. And so ask yourself, who's going to man a Trump administration? Exactly. Who's going to go in there and say, you know what? Long after you're gone, at 80, you'll be 83 when you, if you get elected and when you leave. Long after you're gone, I, I can afford the next five to 10 years of lawfare. Because most of the time you go to the White House, put up with junk pay. They don't get paid as much as you think, by the way. You go to the White House, and this is why you do it. One, you love the country. Um, number two, you, you, so you, number two, you know, I go there, I serve admirably, serve the country, make a name for myself, working, you know, 17-hour days for however long I'm there. And then when I walk away, I write a best-selling book, I, I get on cable news, and I make my money after the fact mm-hmm. because I put in the time serving the country. That's not happening now. You, you're going to walk out of there and, and you're going to face lawfare constantly, constantly. Well, people say they'll do the same thing to DeSantis. They may try. Ask why they're not doing that now. Yes. They did. DeSantis, DeSantis completely destroyed the Democratic Party in Florida. Where are all their lawsuits? Where's all their RICO right, cases right. against him and his staff? Where's 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 the where we're all their where are, they've got a Demi, they've got a they've got the Merrick Garland Department of Justice. Why, why haven't why hasn't they why haven't they been in Florida just digging stuff up to go after DeSantis on? It's not that this is not as simple as what you're reading on Twitter. Most of America is not on Twitter and most of America are the votes we need to win the next election. Whether the nominees, Ron DeSantis, Ron Mexico, IP freely. All right. What was the, uh, what was Biden's alias? Ralph Peters or something. What was that? Okay. Yeah. Barry Satoro, Donald Trump, Pierre Delecto, Pierre Delecto. Okay. Kofefi. It doesn't matter what the name is. We have to win the normies guys. We have to win them back. Or we're going to lose. And we're going to lose more than this next election. So I liked his, I liked his email because it was good. Because I think these are the conversations we need to be having. It's just, come on, we're not an MSNBC clone. If you can't think, if you, if you can't think beyond, if anybody, if anybody has a disagreement with my guy, they're an MSNBC, you're, you, that's idolatry. But you're, because the rest of your email, Mr. Moore, actually had some smart takes. You're smarter than that. Exactly. You're better than that. The rest of what's in your note, these are the conversations we need to have amongst ourselves, and we, and we freaking need to have them right now. And the brightest conservative legal mind in my age group I know is, was just on our show. At least he's the most honest, I know. What did he tell us? Exactly what I've been telling you. Yeah. Best case to avoid these legalities. Set Georgia aside. It has its own ecosystem legally. That you may not be able to penetrate, by the way. Governor can't just automatically pardon. Not sure Brian Kemp would automatically pardon Trump anyway. I think there's a better chance Brian Kemp would be called, would, would, would show up to testify against Trump than pardon sure. him. Not saying that's right, by the way. Just saying it is what it is. 
I was greatly disappointed by Brian Kemp's behavior during the 2020 election. I mean, I would have told you, I would have told you Labor Day of 2020. It is very likely I'm backing Brian Kemp in the 2024 Iowa caucuses after what happened with COVID. People forget he stood up to Disney before DeSantis did. People forget this. Remember, Disney said, hey, if you pass that heartbeat bill, we're pulling out. Mm -hmm. And what did he tell him? Yeah, I guess we'll call your bluff. And he did. He passed his heartbeat bill. Disney didn't go anywhere, did they? No, they stayed there. Still make all their Marvel stuff in Georgia. So I would have, if you would have, if you would have put the Wonder Woman lasso of truth around me and said, Steve, right now, if you had to call, who do you think you're backing in the next Iowa caucus? I would have told you Brian Kemp. I think if you even went back and watched the shows we were doing in the spring and summer of 2020, I was looking into the camera and saying, hey, Brian Kemp, want to run? Call me. Wasn't I doing stuff like that? I think so. Then we got to the election and just face planted. So I get the anger at him. I'm incredibly disappointed by how he behaved. That being said, I can't change it. And the reality is there's a better chance the governor of Georgia will testify against Trump than, than pardon him, which he can't do anyway. He couldn't do it anyway. In Georgia, you have, to have, you have to be five years removed from your sentence. Five years removed from your sentence to, to go before the pardoning commission. On top of that, you can have no other looming legalities. You can't be under any other charge. You have to be in the clear. Trump, <laughs> Trump's 78 now. He could be 83 years old before he is able to go and ask for a pardon for this conviction in Fulton County. And then what did Josh say about the other three cases? The Miami case, the judge, that's the Trump appointee, Judge Cannon, it looks like she's got her head on straight. I think he'll get a fair trial or maybe as fair as Donald Trump can get in that case. But what did Josh say about January 6th? What did he say about New York? You're, you're, you're probably going to have to rely on Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, and John Roberts. Um, whether you think I'm an MSNBC clone or not, raise your hand if you're confident putting the future of the republic in the hands. And you got to get of, of, <laughs> of Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh, and, and John Roberts. And they only need two of them. They just need two of them. How confident? Anybody raising their hands? I don't, I'm looking. You know, I'm, I, like reading Rainbow, like I can see out into the audience. Remember that show when you were kids, Todd? It's funny. Hundreds of thousands of people tuned in today. I don't, mm-hmm. I see no hands raised. I keep thinking I'm about I'm not this. an MSNBC clone. I'm telling you the truth. We have to win. We have to win. If we don't win, our, our sons will be on the ground in Ukraine fighting Russia. Let me just say this right now. And, and this is something, Aaron, you grew up listening to this show, right? Yep. Todd, how many years you listened to me before you came to work here? Oh, goodness. All the years I, mean, I was on the air. Yeah. And you've never heard me say anything like I'm about to say now. I've, I was, I'm the last guy to do this at my lifetime. I freaking hate that crap. Right. But let me tell you what happens if we lose this next election. Let me just tell you, tell you, I'll just tell you. Your sons and maybe daughters will be dying in Ukraine, fighting Putin, and maybe throughout the rest of Europe and Scandinavia. You'll go from, the Urzans will go from not being able to afford a new house to not being able to afford their house. You'll go from not being able to afford a new car to not being able to afford your car. I could say more. I'll just stop right there. 
I'll just stop right there. I could add things like Biden's handlers, Big Mike, Dementia Joe, uh, Gavin Dushum will be appointing Clarence Thomas a successor on the court for the next 40 years. There's, there's plenty of other things I could add, but I'll just stop right there with what I just said. And that's why for the first time ever, I'm now the guy also saying we have to win. We have to win. We have to. We have to. And what, what people like you, Mr. Moore, are asking people like me to do. And you don't realize it, brother, but it's what you're asking yourself too. You're asking us to put all our children's and grandchildren's futures. Roll the dice that Donald Trump can avoid 41 felony indictments. Can avoid having blue secretaries of state and must win swing states like Arizona and Wisconsin, which have Democrat secretaries of state. Not try to remove him off the ballot or convince the courts to not let them if they try. Win back the independents that rejected him and Republicans three elections in a row. Win back the normies in the suburbs that have rejected him and Republicans three elections in a row. Defeat the Democrat ballot harvesting scheme. That's what you're asking us to do. And I'm sorry, I need more. If it's a trade between, I have to hide my son from a draft. You know what? Let me just put it as, as plainly as I can. I am sick to my freaking stomach about what is going on with Trump and this persecution. I understand what it means. I agree. It's not even about him. It's about us. I agree with all the... See, I actually agree with our talking points. But here is the thing. If the choice is... Donald Trump goes to prison... Or my son does... Because he refuses to be drafted to die in Kiev... I'm sorry... But I'm choosing my son. I do not love Donald Trump or any politician more than my own child... If the choice is Donald Trump is wearing a, a, a is wearing an ankle bracelet while golfing at Mar-a-Lago, or my daughter and her husband can't afford a down payment on a house, I'm sorry, but I'm choosing my daughter and her husband. And you know what? That is the choice. It sucks. But the one who loves us more than anybody else told us, in this world, you will have many troubles. We live in a fallen, sinful world. We don't get the outcomes we want all of the time. We have to live in the world as it is, not as we want it to be. And this is the world we now live in. And we've earned most of these outcomes, let's face it. Yes. And I know, I know you've been reliably informed by people in this business making a hell of a lot more money than me. That there, that there is some level of exposure. Keep exposing, keep exposing. Like there's some level of shaming that you could get the Randy Weingartens of the world to say, you know what, man, I was going to communist another generation. But D's nuts has 5 million Twitter followers now and 10 million on Facebook and they're criticizing me and I just can't handle it. So I'm going to step down and allow them to have control of, the, of, the, of Satan's youth ministry. That's not how this works. There is no killer meme 
There is no amount of t-shirts of Trump's mugshot on them you could sell that will get the department that Merrick Garland to say, you know what, man? Poop, man. They sold 10 million of those Trump shirts. Were that unpopular? We should just, let's just go ahead and stop hanging this guy and maybe they'll all forget about it. That's not how this works. You have to stop them. There are only two ways to stop when a culture is this irreconcilable and with its two sides, there are only two paths. Policy outcomes, and you got to win elections to, get to do that, or bullets. I, have you guys read a history book for three minutes? Is there another path you can find in the history books? Is there another one? Nope. Those are the only two. Bullets, or swords in other eras, or cannonballs, warships. You know what I'm talking about. Or policy outcomes. Thankfully, our founders gave us a constitution, some form of a political process that still does exist. The constitution is not worth the paper it's printed on right now, but we do still have a political process, right? We do have like Republican governors that could be doing this stuff and DAs that could be doing the stuff Josh talked about last hour. If we don't do that, it's going to be bullets, but it won't be people like us doing it. It'll be our sons doing it and they will curse us and they'll be right to do so. And that's the God's honest truth. And that's what's happening here. And I'm not telling you this because I'm smarter than other people. I've connected dots other people can't connect. No, I'm just one of the few willing to. Lots of people know this. They're just not willing to tell you. That won't be good for their business models. They think you won't handle it. You can't handle it. Your children. You may be. I don't know. But for the sake of my children, I'm going to find out. And for the sake of yours. Let's talk about a product that uh, I may have to utilize here in the next few months. MD hearing aids. Um, I will tell you, my stepdad, Jim, I got him access to one of their hearing aids, man. And he was just absolutely blown away with the difference. Absolutely blown away. Raves about it. Uh, their new Neo model cost over 90% less than clinical hearing aids. On top of that, they recently cut their prices in half. So don't suffer in silence anymore. Take control of your health and your hearing health. Join thousands of others in choosing MD hearing aids. If you want MD hearing aids, smallest hearing aid ever, go to mdhearing.com. That's mdhearing.com. mdhearing.com. Use promo code Steve to get their new buy one, get one for $149.99 each. When you buy a pair, that's right. Two for 300 bucks. Two hearing aids for 300 bucks. Plus, get a free extra charging case just for our listeners. You can't beat this. Go to mdhearingaid.com. Use promo code Steve. mdhearingaid.com. And use promo code Steve. Mary C. Rupert writes, Serious, timely, effectual reasoning, obliterating ideology, idiotology, and defying the status quo. That is... uh, the acronym she gave me for when you're on steroids, Steve. <laughs> uh, bless you guys. Uh, keep speaking the truth. And uh, that was very kind. You forgot the part about he sounds just like MSNBC. Yes. Yeah. MSNBC clone. That's me. Yes. The rest of that email, though, made good points. That's why I addressed them. 
Joseph says, my wife stated last night that she is not white privileged, but rather value privileged, as are many people from many cultures in our country. Many successful whites, blacks, Hispanics, and Asians grew up in families with strong moral, religious, and family values. And that's why they're the successful ones in our world. Most of the internet and street violent, uh, street violent far left don't seem to have been given the privilege of strong families, good morals, and a relationship with the fact that there is an almighty creator. It's a lack of value privilege that's causing the desperate fight from the far left to bring us all down to their existence. I loved this distinction. Yeah, it's true. Never heard it before, but I think it is extremely well said. What do you guys think? It's not white privilege. It's valued privilege. Privileged. Privileged, I should say. Yeah, and ultimately... Uh, where does that value privilege come from? You don't have to work too hard to connect to that. And that's why ultimately, no matter what issue you're talking about, I talk about this as ultimately God killer stuff. They can't anoint those values ultimately without anointing the God they come from. And mm-hmm. there's no way they're going to do that. So chaos it is. Christ or chaos is always the choice. Yes. Always the choice here. Yeah. And that's... I, I, I don't think that's just merely, I think say, saying that's clever is doing it a disservice. That is a, a great encapsulation of just what the evil that we are up against in this day and age has done to this notion of privilege. What they're really talking about is anything that has a semblance of structure of the, eco, uh, what is it, the economia, mm-hmm. the family, anything yeah. that has to do with the structure of the family is bad. It's wrong. I think your. I think the emailer's uh, note really flips that on its, its head, and um, kind of puts privilege where it should be. It is a privilege to have values. It is a privilege to have uh, a mom and a dad. It is a privilege to have morals and and to practice them. That's what we're talking about here. This actually goes to the Vivek conversation. I don't take him seriously as a presidential candidate. He's not ready for public office. I have seen him on a man-to-man level interact with his wife and kids, and that is very legit. Politically, I get why he annoys the hell out of guys like you and Hammer. I get it, okay? But what he said the other night, that the most effective form of government ever created was the nuclear family, I mean, I, I don't know I, how you can say I, anything other than hallelujah yeah. to that. I wish he were. I, I wish he was sincere. I agree. I really that's, wish he were. But you don't know. He's, that's what, he's so good at... He's, at, at, I mean, you, you, Steve, you, you are smart, but your capacity to process information, uh, which is one side of brain thing, and then quickly speak it in a way uh, that is credible and understandable, articulate, all that. Th- you, you, you've taught. I've been given gifts. He, that's just, he's he. So if you believe in the wrong stuff, Steve Dace. Your gifts are weapons of destruction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is my point with him. He has clear gifts on that stage. He's a better speaker than anybody that was on that stage. I agree. Yep. But you have no idea on a multiple issues, and Google searches will just show you how chaotic his transitions have been on issues. I can't trust the man. Well, it, it's what he even, I mean, a, a year ago he wrote a book trashing Trump on January 6th and praising Pence. He scrubbed and, his and own then, Google and, searches and, and, and then he denied it, it. He denied that to Pence yes. on the stage, actually. That wasn't true. So I, I hear you. More in a moment. Back here with one of our new partners, Naturally It's Clean. 
Let me put my Danny Tanner hat on real quick. I mean, I just got a really hot text from my wife. I'm going to share it with you. Just took three bags of, of stuff out of the front closet. The cupboard with the cleaning supplies has been cleaned out. I'm thinking it is date night at the Dacer house tonight. That's hot. You have issues. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. I love clean. I love it. I like it. Just one thing my mama taught me, clean. I like it clean. I like things clean. I do. That's why I like our friends over at Naturally It's Clean. Get their essential starter kit, which features four of their most popular products. The pet stain remover from your carpet is incredible, by the way. The multi-surface cleaner, my wife came back to me and said, hey, can we get more of that stuff? So we did. I asked for it. Um, these are four of their top selling items. You get them for 15% off for a limited time right now. When you go to naturallyitsclean.com slash Steve. These products smell better, work better, hospital-grade cleaning solutions, but they're green at the exact same time. Manufactured right here in the USFA and by a family that has the same values. They're big Blaze fans, just like you are. That's why you're watching. They offer free two-day shipping as well. So check them out today. Get uh, the Steve's Essential Starter Kit by going to naturallyitsclean.com slash Steve. That's naturallyitsclean.com slash Steve. This reminds me of my wife sent me a, a meme a few years ago. And it was porn for women. And it's a guy uh, with washboard abs vacuuming. <laughs> that was very funny. I thought that was very funny. All right, let's get back. You look very uncomfortable. It's just um, we, we are very different on this front. <laughs> we are. I like things clean, man. I do. Well, this, I like it clean. Well, which I don't like things messy. I just like... Like, lived in. I, I like things life. clean. <laughs> I have not fetishized clean. Oh, I have completely fetishized it. Ugh. I will admit that. I See, have, that a, I have a clean fetish. See, yes. Owning it. That, that, yep. that goes I'm a owning, long way with me. I'm owning that for sure. You bet. And I'm proud to own it, as a matter of fact. Is there, a, is there a clean pride month? I would march in that. I would march in a clean pride month. What's the flag for clean pride? What do you think? Just an all white, it's an all white flag. Just wave an all white flag, right? It's 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 a you know, it's and it's or 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 it's a it's like you know, like the Alabama fans have the uh, the tide boxes for roll tide. You know, when they go to the games, it's just like a giant canister of antibacterial wipes, like on a stick. You just wave those around. That's what you when you march in the clean pride parade. That's what you do. You just wave a thing of, or naturally it's clean. You know, that's what you do. What is clean? Chaos clean. I was when I am what clean is achieved when I am comfortable with the lack of organization and lack of mess. That is when clean is achieved. Yes. So it's utterly arbitrary and tied to your emotional state. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> okay. Like any other pride parade, for goodness sakes. <laughs> I mean, what did you think we were doing here? Well, I already admitted I fetishized it, for goodness sakes. There's nothing there's nothing objective occurring here. It's a completely just self-serving. <laughs> Todd was just channeling his inner Pontius Pilate. 
What is clean? Yes. And you're doing to me what I do all the time. Like, you're trying to come up with some rationale, logical solution. There is no logical solution. When I'm satisfied that things are in their proper enough place and clean, that's, that's called clean. Yeah, we're good. Okay. As long as we realize we're dealing with... <laughs> A psychosis. Yes. Hey, you weren't raised by Vicky Dace, man. All right? You learned to appreciate clean. You learned to appreciate clean. I mean, my mama was a woman of grace. But if your bed wasn't made, no wire hangers, right? I mean, my mama taught me clean. Had to be clean. And she taught me how to clean. Like Anastasia will tell you now, you should ask her when she comes back on Thursday. I won't. (laughs) How far down this hole do you think I want to go? Well, you're pretty far down it right now. She'll tell you she does that now in her own apartment with her husband. They get up on Saturdays and she's like, we got to clean her. I mean, I'm just not going to be able to relax and, and live the rest of the weekend. So they do it. Where did she learn that? It was one of you knocking on the table. That's me. It's probably oh, okay. me. I thought it was yeah. somebody knocking on the door. No, it's me. That's, Could you sorry let about that. out of the box? It's hunting other people now. Yes. Yes. We, <laughs> pa- we pass on our cherished traditions to the next generation. That's what we do. <laughs> Hi, Stephen. I got to Now, uh, Stephen, I yeah. want to pull him aside and ask him a question. At what point in this whole thing, and we all have this moment in our marriage, and our wives have it of us, too. We're like, oh, oh dear God. What? What? I, what is, what I, did I, I yoke myself to? Connor, well, the good news, he's a soldier, so he's used to things being cleaned and organized. He's so used to not, it. It's I, not that. I, I okay. share Todd's disdain slash curiosity about your weird fetish, Steve. I do think there's a part of this where Todd is throwing stones from a glass house. I mean, he is he ha, he has a little bit of a fetish for clean. I mean, his his esophagus is probably the cleanest thing with all the vinegar. The vinegar that's that true. He drinks. That's true. I mean, you literally drink yeah. a cleanser. I do daily. You know, for a delicacy. That is true. He's got you on that. Has this now become the longest live read in the history of the show? By the way? <laughs> is that what it still is? <laughs> oh, I we totally were still doing that. What we're doing. <laughs> all right, let's get to Dylan. I can't even make this stuff up. My family rode our motorcycles to a local dive bar in southern Illinois for lunch. My father was talking about the Trump indictment, and we were discussing our joke of a court system, and I was making the point they don't care about the indictments of Trump because he doesn't really even seem to care. We literally had a woman come up to us and tell us the left has made a mistake because now Trump is going to take them down. She then referenced some U.S. code and claimed he is still commander-in-chief and is residing over the tr- he is presiding over the trials and executions of the elites as we speak. Is our side really this stupid or are we just this broken? I was shocked. I just sat there and I said nothing. First of all, Dylan, you made the right choice there at the end. What did I say earlier this week? Don't ever argue with a hysterical woman. Ever. Get out. Get out. Get out faster than you can say, Jordan Peele, get out. That doesn't end well. You either end up mugshotted or, or uh, trending on social media for all the wrong reasons. Get out. Don't engage that. Run. That being said, there is not, and I don't know what it is. I don't think it exists much in this audience. But there is not an insignificant portion of this on the right. But I, here's why I don't spend a lot of time mocking and condemning it. Because I understand how it was created. Because I'm the guy that, maybe the only guy that wrote two best-selling books about covid and, and, and what was in the montage today? They literally got up and said, go back, you, you, you need to save yourself with the mask that didn't save you the last time. We need more of these genetic serums that did not work the last time. And they just say all this stuff with a straight face. The reality is, if you don't have a biblical worldview, 
And so you, have, you, don't have, you don't have the right plumb line. And so here's why that's important. Because if you have a biblical worldview, you're going to understand that our brains are busted by sin. And you're going to be able to discern, okay, that's a lie, but, I, but then you're going to also have accountability within your heart. But I still need to be tethered to truth. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, because so you're still going to say, you know, I serve a God of truth. And so I still need to seek truth out. And then you'll be able to also reject lies at the same time. So you're going to piss off everybody. Like you won't accept anybody's lies, even if they're ones from people you like, adore, and agree with. You're going to be like, I can't do that. That's a lie. That's a scam. I can't do it. I'm probably going to vote your way, vote the same way you want, but I'm not going to polish the same idol that you do. And if you don't have a biblical worldview, and how much of America has one of those? Un poquito. How many of the churches do, Steve? That, that, now, now I need to clean some more, just to feel better, okay? Since most of America has no semblance of a biblical worldview... If you don't have a biblical worldview, here's how you'll respond to an epistemological nuclear winner. How you'll respond to the law, a truthless society. You will go from rejecting a lie to finding another one that affirms your preferred narrative. In other words, you'll turn from one idol to another one. You'll say, Chemosh failed us, Molech won't. Molech failed us. Baal will not. Baal failed us. Artemis won't. Artemis failed us. Zeus will not. Zeus failed us. Jupiter won't. This is like the history of the ancient world. Mm -hmm. Empires were rose and fell and people died millions over these questions. These deities that aren't deities. They're either false or demons. But those ancient uh, civilizations, did they have biblical worldviews? No. And so therefore, they, 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 had no, they, they could only do that. We don't have the truth in us in our natural state. We don't. For every Socrates the pagan world produces, it produces like 10 million idolaters. By the way, what did they do to Socrates? Kill them. Yeah. Pagans love critical thinkers, don't they? Very mm-hmm. long history of pagans um, edifying and memorializing uh, critical thinkers, right? Right. No, they don't do that. They kill them. Now, in the church, we don't like prophets for the same reason. When, is, when does the prophet show up? When God says, all right, that's enough lies now. You've believed those for too long. I love my people too much for, you, for me to continue to do nothing and let you proceed in this state of deception. So I'm going to send a messenger. And a lot of times people were just very thankful and we're like, by golly, we had never even considered that. Or and and we give them, we give them, we give them the, the seat at the head of the table and the finest choices of meats. And we thank them for bringing us the, 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 the word of God that we just hinge. No, no, none of that happened. We, we burn, we throw them in holes. Uh, we cut them in, we saw them in half. Uh, we burn them. We, we crucify them upside down. We put them in boiling acid. We don't do any of that. Okay. So in the church age, we reject, going from Old to New Testament, we reject when God sends a prophetic word. And no, I'm not talking about you acting crazy in church isn't a prophetic word. You're just a nutbag. I'm talking about things that may disrupt our systems, but they are rooted in the word of God. God does not ever violate his word. 
So in the church, we reject people who speak to us prophetically. In broader pagan culture, critical thinkers and contrarians and truth tellers. Because it's just as, it's just as easy to be an idolater in the church as it is outside of it, because our hearts are idol making factories. That's why what's the second commandment? Something I believe that uh, don't worship yeah. idols, don't make idols, don't be an idolater. First commandment, I'm God. There aren't any others. Second others, don't worship any other gods or idols. Don't be an idolater. And so if we, if we aren't tethered to a biblical worldview, we will reject an idol and replace it with another. And we'll be bound and determined, this idol would never fail me. This idol will tell me truth that my family won't tell me. That I can't find on my own. And I just hinge on this idol's every word to tell me the truth. And that's still in what you encountered. Because we need truth. Even as we're rejecting it. Everyone has a God-shaped hole in their hearts. So something's going to fill that. The real God or the fake ones that we turn to or make ourselves. What you encountered is the old-fashioned stained glass windowed word of idolatry. I, it's, it's sinful, it's wrong, but I, I'm sympathetic. I understand it. I can turn things into idols too. I have many times in my life. That's why I needed saved for myself. But in this case, I understand where the idolatry comes from. The woman you encountered has been lied to so many times that she has the right desire to seek out alternative sources to, of, of, from the people that lied to her to find truth. The problem is she lacks a biblical worldview. She hasn't been properly discipled. So she's going to exchange a lie for another one. Just the one that she's more comforted by at this point in time. Reminder about our friends over at Relief Factor. Everyone deals with chronic pain from time to time. It's one of the few guarantees as we get older. Achiness, soreness, stiffness that just won't go away. If that's you, try the all-natural anti-inflammatory known as Relief Factor. It's drug-free, but created by physicians who can prescribe drugs, but they understand. If you can do something all-natural that won't tax or strain other functions and organs in your body, you, please do so. Now, you can't always do that, and that's why you need meds. All right. And but if you can do it naturally, take advantage of it. 70% chance this is going to work for you. Because about 70% of the time people try it with the trial kit. It's a three week quick quick start for just 20 bucks to see if you don't see a difference in three weeks or less. 70% of the time people see such great results in three weeks or less. They stick around long term. So put relief factor to the test. What do you got to lose for 20 bucks? You've been struggling with pain, soreness, stiffness, achiness. See if it might be the answer you've been looking for. And it's only 20 bucks to find out over the course of three weeks at relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com or call them at 800, the number for relief, 800 for relief or relieffactor.com. All right, gentlemen, two minute warning. I'm going to yield to the two of you for any final thoughts here today. It's going back to the top of this hour and the note that we received. I've said on many occasions, you know, I, I do think there was, at, at one point, a great value at merely just exposing the rot and the evil that has been done. And I think that there's biblical precedent for that. Ephesians 5 have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. But that's not where that passage ends, is it? Just a few, a few verses later, Look carefully at how you walk, 
not as uh, not as the unwise, but as the wise, making the best use of your time for the days are evil. You're redeeming the time, purchasing the time, being wise. That is what time it is right now. But there are too many people politically, spiritually, familially, not making the best use of their time. These days are evil. We got to wise up. Yeah, and on that note, one of Steve's uh, favorite movie, and I love it as well, Gladiator, famous line. Are you not entertained? Well, hmm. he's talking about the classic notion of bread and circuses. A few verses after that, don't be drunk with wine mm-hmm. in Ephesians. The, the bread and the circuses are more powerful than ever before. And most of us don't either don't understand that or don't care to the point we are Cypher in the Matrix, another movie. Ignorance is bliss. They want back in the Matrix. I, I wish I was wrong about that, but I know I'm not. Now, history says you're not. Again, you didn't, you're not speaking that prophetically. You just read history. I mean, and you understand human nature. That's just the reality of who we are. That, and, and I understand it. I, I get it because I'm human too. I'm a sinner too. I, I understand the temptations to ignore these things. I, I understand it. There's, there's two reasons I don't. My life is not my own. I was bought at a high price. I, I don't have the option of doing that. Doing that is to reject my Lord. And I can't do that. And what, what kind of is insurance is I go home and look at my kids and I think about their futures and what the, what the price is that they will pay if I fall into that temptation that forces me to count the cost so that I don't do it. Have a great weekend. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.